Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. What Lou no, isn't telling you day. is that she's standing next to him in a Spider-Man outfit. Oh, oh there you go. I was just wearing my there usual, I just hoisted my skirt up real <laughs> short. And... <laughs> so funny. I mean, look, you didn't think I was going to find that. You're listening to the Manzilla podcast. It has been a fun week, hasn't it? Do you know something, guys? I've discovered the gender swap filter on Snapchat this week. Oh my god, I'm gonna show it to you now. I'll show Have you it to not you now. Seen that yet? It's crazy, right? What? I'm gonna pass it around. You're not on social media, so what's Snapchat. <laughs> what? I see what I mean. Oh my <laughs> word. Every guy I know I has done recognize it. you there, mate. You look, <laughs> you look very gorgeous. Lovely as a thank you. Look at that Considerate. Look how I, I actually is. am. I actually am, Rufy. What yeah. would you call the podcast then? <laughs> oh my word. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the sort of. Um, is this your sister? <laughs> it's it's potentially the new me. Long well, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Does this work? Can we pause a second? Oh my god, Jack would be a beautiful girl. I think so, yeah. yeah. Can, someone, can someone get Snapchat up for me? We'll try it. We'll, yeah, we'll try it. We'll try it. We'll get you on the end of it, Jack. Thanks. Okay. Absolutely. In the interlude. So this then is a podcast all about men's identity, who we are as guys, our dilemmas, our problems. It could be first world problems. It could be much deeper. So much to investigate, so much to explore. This is a real true passion to bring you this podcast. I am Gavin and I'm with Jack and Lou in the studio here. Hello. What up? And it's I just feel it's such a tough world at the moment. You know, it's a tough world to navigate as a man today. You know, the social boundaries, the so-called rules of life, uh, which can stop us realising our dreams and potential. At the end of the day, we want to bring answers to help us in this complicated world. You can find us on all the usual channels, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Manzinner Online. And thank you if you're watching on Apple, uh, watching, listening. <laughs> well, you are watching if you're on YouTube, I guess, but listening on Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever. Leave us a rating, a good rating preferably if you can. And it's a real honour today to share uh, the studio with our guest. Uh, he's extremely passionate about inspiring people on the beauty of food uh, and is a firm personal believer in the power of lifestyle change and what we eat as a medicine. Uh, well-renowned for his life hack tips, his genius recipes, best-selling books, courses, and he also has a fantastic podcast too. Yes, he's referred to as The Doctor's Kitchen, which is also his social media handle. 
I'm really excited to have him here as a guest because not only am I a huge fan, but I've also known him for 23 years. It's way too long. We go <laughs> way back. We actually went to secondary school together at the age of 12 and we still have a rock solid friendship. So, yeah, I have plenty of embarrassing stories to tell which I think is, should be the main focus yeah, of this, this, of this show. Focus. No way. <laughs> he wasn't always this charming and suave, by the way. <laughs> and if we go back to our school days, we were actually, all of our close friends, we thought he was going to pursue his dream of being an MC or a Bollywood dancer because that's what he wanted to do when he was at school. Yeah. He's also a great dancer, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you got that one in. Yeah. yeah. And now here he is, Dr. Rupi Orjala. Oh, thank you so much. I love I really you, man. appreciate that. I love you too, Lou. This is, I, I, like, coming into this podcast, I was a little bit nervous because I've done, a, I've done a lot of interviews. I've done a lot of, like, podcast recording and stuff, but the fact that I've got someone next to me who's known me for way too long and knows Did you my... sign the NDA, by the way? No. <laughs> I not sign anything You can't yet. say anything about <laughs> my... <laughs> I've got a lot on you, okay? <laughs> we used to call Rupee Da Roops at school. Like, that is a cool nickname. Like, like, like the roof is on fire, Da Roops oh, is on fire. That's we used brilliant. to sing it around God, the common come room. Out already. <laughs> he had glasses like Harry Potter. Uh, Don't be fooled, ladies. They're coming back into fashion, man. I, I, I laid that trend years ago. Years ago. I'm proudly shouting about that. Tell us about from obviously within the last, I don't know, when did you start Doctor's Kitchen? How did it all begin? So Doctor's Kitchen officially started in the end of 2015, but the idea I had was probably about four years prior to that. And I suppose um, my sort of journey started after medical school when I got ill and I started having um, something called atrial fibrillation, which is basically where your heart beats irregularly and very fast. I was actually on a shift at the time working in the hospital when I had my first episode. And I would have these like two to three times a week lasting anywhere between 12 and 24 hours. So I actually became a patient. Uh, I understood and got the experience of what it was like to be a vulnerable person, you know, sitting in the bed as opposed to at the end of the bed examining and treating. So... Um, that was the start of my journey, which lasted a few years. I'd, I'd have a whole bunch of different tests. I'd have uh, an MRI. I'd have like cardiophysiology uh, studies and everything. And um, I was going to have something called an ablation, which is an invasive procedure which goes into the heart and it burns essentially an area to stop the firing, the misfiring of cells. And the one person who you know very well, my mum, uh, who told me that I should really be looking at my diet and lifestyle was my mum. And um, it was really to appease her that I started concentrating more on my food, uh, what I was eating in the mornings, lunchtime. I was tend to like I was you know busy hospital lifestyle, eating takeaway sandwiches and cereal for breakfast and stuff. Um, and it wasn't until overhauling my diet and lifestyle that I started to see the benefits of, of eating well. And me overcoming my own illness was something that isn't meant to happen in medicine you did that just doesn't happen so over the last uh, well from then on i started looking at the research into nutrition and lifestyle and actually seeing you know what have we missed in terms of my medical education and there was a lot of evidence looking at just how much control we have using our plates uh, and so the idea of, you know, having more open, honest conversations with my patients was kind of born from then. And then I didn't develop the confidence and the courage to actually start talking about food in a medicinal context uh, until 2015. And then, yeah, what started as a YouTube and an Instagram has sort of grown into a movement where I'm trying to upskill doctors and patients to understand just how much impact we can have with our, our lifestyle and, and food. And I understand that you're also creating the UK's first culinary course with the Royal College of GPs. Yeah, yeah. So um, culinary medicine is a concept that was started in the US 
where they teach their medical students not only the foundations of nutrition, but actually how to cook as well alongside culinary students. That's great. So we reached out to them, uh, and I say we, uh, me and like a crackpot team of like dietitians and doctors and behavioral psychologists, um, and culinary medicine founded by me, like uh, we just went out to them. We we're like, you know, we need to do this in the UK. So we made strategic alliances with some culinary schools in London, and um, we got our courses into Bristol and uh, to be soon to be UCL uh, later on this year as well, where we're going to teach medical students how to cook and getting them like chatting to chefs, chatting to culinary students and talking about food in their clinical con- uh, uh, consultations That's in the future. Yeah. Mm. You know, your book, Rupi, I absolutely love it. You know, um, the doctor's kitchen, eat to beat illness. Um, the stuff in there is so good looking. Yeah. You know, the way you prepare <laughs> the food is so stunning and it, it makes you, good. it makes you want to cook it. It makes yeah. you want to make it. And like you say, it's about how it helps with your lifestyle. Is Was, was making the food good looking a real part of your, your message as well? Absolutely. Yeah, because I think most people have this sort of idea of healthy food being bland and boring or yeah. uh, you know just a mediterranean tasting sort of food my sort of um touch on this uh, industry is actually you know what it doesn't need to be a particular cuisine you can have korean food indian food uh, any sort of cuisine and if you apply the healthy eating principles of quality fats fiber lots of plants colors um, you can really look after your health and need to be illnesses about those simple changes to your diet that can amplify your defenses at ever getting ill yeah i see i, yeah. I actually think it's really good how you've come up with that uh, prospect because for guys you know who are quite time pressured and, yeah. and a little bit put off by by making food but seeing something like that as, as something strong and good looking you think oh okay i'll have a go at that it's a challenge it's totally. like a, it's yeah. like a, it's like a, a thing to, to kind of accomplish isn't it yeah totally i mean the, the whole process of eating i'm completely in love with i'm a massive foodie and i couldn't have written a cookbook unless the food really uh, stayed true to my ideals of what food is about so the culture of food uh, the smells of food how it's described how the waiter or the maitre describes something you know this is part of the eating process partly eating pleasure as well as the people that surround your table you know these are all health promoting activities you know when we talk about mindfulness we talk about our sense of purpose and our community so yeah it, it's really important to to make sure that's reflected in the book with the the visual elements of it sure can you cook gavin i'm actually pretty good you know <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm, I mean i'm i'm blowing my trumpet massively here with uh, <laughs> with rupee the doctor's kitchen in the house but i am pretty good i, am I pretty actually good. made rupees um from this book i made the jumbo which was delicious. Nice. I can't say that it turned out well, but the flavors were banging. <laughs> and also, so much you can see, like so much research has gone into this. So you have eat for your brain, your heart, eat to beat cancer, eat mm. for your mood. So mm. was that was it a really challenging? It was really to challenging. Get all that research, I can see the back. Like, to- oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. this is they didn't teach me this at school. Was, I don't know how you know how to do it all this. It was literally like writing a thesis, and because like I've been doing this for a number of years, I've collected this huge body of research that papers that I've read and stuff and how that's influenced my sort of thinking about nutrition but it really does boil down into some simple core principles of eating you know quality fats it's the quality of the ingredients it's colors it's plants uh, and one of the chapters that eat to be cancer chapter was probably the hardest that I, I was was to write because you know yeah. i'd never want to give the impression that you know this is a cure-all this is a panacea this is something that we should be a lot more uh, forthcoming with with mm-hmm. regards to information about how food can prevent 
Um, and that's reflected in all the chapters, I think. And I, and I think, you know, we do a, a big disservice to our patients if we do not talk about nutrition in a medicinal context, because the majority of uh, issues that are burdening our NHS right now are lifestyle related. So we mm. really need to get the core root cause of, of why that's going on. There's a lot of confusion out there in, in the media, particularly about what diets are good, what diets are bad, what food is good. What food, and it seems like every five minutes there's a new superfood yeah. on the market. How do you sift through all that confusion and, and essentially drive down to your core beliefs that food is yeah. what it is. It's it's a really good point, man, because um, superfoods is purely a marketing term. Um, and whilst I don't like putting certain foods on a pedestal, it has, um, plain devil's advocate, has brought more attention to food. Uh, you know, it's only been the last five years that people can actually have access to you know, green smoothies and healthy options in cafes and that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, difference between people who can actually access that sort of food, and that's something to, to not ignore. Um, but I think bringing it down to principles rather than diets, rather than being reliant on a diet, you want to be reliant on like your intuition and, and how you approach food. That's the most important thing. And that's why in the final chapter of, of this book and the final chapter of the first book as well, I always try and bring it down to the user. Like I'm not going to tell you you need to eat X number of carbs or X number yeah. of protein because our needs will change throughout our lifestyle, whether you're a man or a female, particularly if you're a female actually. Um, you know, whether you're uh, menstruating, whether you're you're pregnant, uh, what sort of age you are, are you suffering from osteoporosis? These are all things that will change. So to, to suggest that everyone just needs to have a blanket diet, it, it doesn't make any any scientific sense. Yeah, and each, like, diets are so specific to every individual person, right? Yeah. So certain foods that are good for you might not necessarily work that well with me. Yeah, and it's, it's like uh, you, you've heard an anecdote from your friend, for example. You know, uh, I went on a low-carb diet and I lost X amount of pounds and, and I feel great about myself. And that might be perfect for that person, but actually reducing certain carbohydrates, uh, quality carbohydrates for someone else, might be doing them damage, if anything, in the worst-case mm -hmm. scenario. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's about making sure that people uh, have sort of respect for the food they're putting on their plate and they actually understand what they're putting on the plate as well and that's the harder sell it'll be easier for me to write a book like follow this diet you know you'll lose 30 kilograms i mean 30 kilograms is way too much but <laughs> you know you'll, you'll you'll have miraculous sort of benefits you know and people have tried to push me in that direction but that's not that's not the ultimate mission the ultimate mission is to help everyone yeah. live healthier happier lives So today's show naturally has a health flavour to it, as you can probably gather. Us guys often take our health for granted. It's an afterthought for so many of us. Today, we're going to be looking into how to achieve the best diet realistically in terms of budget and taste and all those other things as well. How to stay healthy and to avoid the dreaded man flu and how diet can impact on confidence. We're going to give you some real tips and real talk to take away from there. So, Rupi, to begin with, I just wanted to ask you, you know, the, what is the ultimate man diet? I know it's quite a, a big sort of phrase to sort of like kick on with, but um, I'm not sure what the the best ultimate man diet would be yeah what do you think it is there like a, a solution for for that or it's like you yeah. just said as in like you know there's so many solutions to what people have but. totally yeah i think it really comes down to the individual as well like how active you are as a man and just because you're a man doesn't mean that you should have the same diet right um but uh, i think certainly when it comes to the principles of what makes a healthy diet it is 
fiber and um, colors rather than what we've been trained to believe that is protein. Everything's protein, protein, protein. Like you're getting Snickers bar with proteins now. You're getting water with protein. It doesn't make any sense, honestly. You will get an adequate amount of protein from plant-based foods. I'm not vegan, by the way. Yeah. I still eat uh, all different types of animal products. But uh, yeah, You're I... definitely not vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. You're yeah, not I'm vegan. I'm definitely not vegan, for sure. <laughs> but I have, the majority of my, my diet is plant-based. And I think one of the biggest myths uh, amongst men is that you have to eat meat to put on muscle. You have to eat meat because that's better for your testosterone, the fact that you're manly and stuff. But actually, when you're getting things like beans, pulses, legumes, uh, nuts, seeds, these are perfect sources of protein mm. and fiber. And actually, when you look at population studies, the biggest thing that we're lacking in our diet is fiber. And yeah. as a man, you'd want to get fiber in because we are more likely to suffer from colon cancer. And colon cancer is a specific type of cancer affecting your uh, yeah. digestive tract. Um, and, and that's one thing that we would want to, to make sure that we're getting on top of as men. I feel that a lot of people, when they start feeling a bit under the weather, will rely or go to Holland and Barrett and just stock up. Yeah. Uh, but it not necessarily isn't always the right way to go about things. Um, do you use supplements or do you recommend supplements as a... As a part of your diet yeah so i think there are certain supplements that might be relevant at a population level and then it comes down to the individual so to, to answer your point about like when you're feeling unwell you've got a viral illness or a cold or stuff people have started you know doing the vitamin c stuff and zinc there might be some evidence to suggest that if you increase your intake of vitamin c during that cold period it might reduce the severity and the same thing with zinc as well uh, in certain people if you take zinc uh, i think it's 400 milligrams something like that oh, don't quote me on that i need to check that um but uh, it can reduce the severity and the duration of the illness. However, I think the best thing you can do when you're ill is rest because your body has an incredible innate healing system. Uh, it is evolved to fight off infection by resting. And that's why you've got to listen to it. comes back to intuition. What is your body telling you to do? You just want to go to bed when you're ill. But what we do, because we live in a modern lifestyle, which doesn't allow for us to be ill or it even it's seen as like a sign of weakness if you are ill and taking time off work and we don't rest and that, that will actually prolong things. Um, so yeah, so for cold and flu, there are some supplements. I would say probably the best thing is rest and uh, fluids, definitely. With regards to general supplementation, there's three things that I tend to talk to people about. One is vitamin D. In this country, because of the latitude that we uh, live at, we don't actually get enough from our sun. And that's why we have a consensus across the UK that we should be supplementing during the winter months. And if anyone has things like bone pain or fatigue, tidal all the time, I'd always recommend going to the GP and getting vitamin D checked because that's actually something I'm not uh, like um, surprised at when the number of people that I check vitamin Ds on and they have crashingly low vitamin Ds. So you have to supplement. It's quite hard to get from diet. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, particularly supplements, is mm. it's one thing that is, is going around in the news about um, collagen powder. Yeah, There's a lot of hype about this at the moment. And guys, I believe, are taking a lot of it because they feel like it's helping them with torting their skin and yeah. making more, it's, a, it's a form of protein am I correct? Yeah so collagen is taken from different animal sources um, and the type of collagen actually that you take doesn't actually end up anywhere near your skin and it's a different type of collagen as well so the studies that have been performed and the types of collagen that are available in the supermarkets haven't actually been shown to have that much benefit and I think and I, I, I don't want to go on record as saying that this like going for the future but I think largely that it's going to be due to placebo that's my hunch anyway you do yourself a massive service 
by actually concentrating what we do know will improve your skin, improve your libido, improve your general well-being. And that's spend your money on the good quality foods rather than the expensive supplements that don't have an evidence base behind. You know, someone comes into my consulting room and they say, I've been taking the supplement, I feel great. I'm not. I'm, I'm open-minded because I think there's a lot that we don't know about supplementation. But certainly I wouldn't be recommending it proactively to someone who's trying to improve their skin, for example. There's so many other things that we can do before we even get to that level. Just um, changing topic slightly. <laughs> I could talk about supplements the whole time. Yeah, we'll speak <laughs> after. I need. I need a few. Um, okay, I need yeah, a sure. few recommendations. <laughs> Definitely from you same. Same. For, like non-men related issues. Okay. So I shall speak to you. <laughs> what the hell is this man flu thing all about? I mean, okay. Let me just, guys. Come on. You yeah. don't get the flu any worse. It's not a different kind of flu than what women get. Is this just like a marketing term that you guys have it's just worse. made up and spread just to kind of play up being ill? Like, damn, guys, really? Man flu? Yes. It's just the flu? It's Can you weird. tell me what that's it, about? I what, think, I do think, men get flu worse than women? Yes. So, yeah. so what? shut up, Jack. <laughs> it's, it's weird because numbered here. <laughs> right. yeah, it's weird, I think, because um, so my voice is bigger than all of yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just googled it, right? And we do. It's ridiculous. You guys really make it as though it's like the worst thing. You can't do shit. It is though. Okay, let's ask the doctor. So, so I did a podcast with a friend of mine called uh, Jenna Machoki, and um, she's an immunologist, and uh, we were discussing the differences between men and females. Response to uh, the flu virus, and sometimes it can be exaggerated in men. So basically, so just the emotions. It's like <laughs> the emotions. <laughs> the emotions. I know there's the emotions, but make it sound all... <laughs> there may be an exaggerated response in men, which leads to uh, a greater sort of. Um, uh, interpretation of symptoms, shall I say? <laughs> I think it's because men just aren't used to feeling run down. You guys just want to I get up, get on with it. I uh, think there fine. might be something in that as well because once a month, uh, females go through menstruation that is terribly disruptive, and it's something that we don't understand. We, we, you know, we <laughs> don't nodding. have to deal with this. Yeah, we don't have to deal with this at all. We don't know what it's like to to bleed, to have pain, to you know, to uh, have like. like temperamental yeah. moods where so, people think you're crazy but actually I'm just exactly hormonal. yeah and I think it's really important to, <laughs> to, to involve that in the discussion as to why men might feel their flu virus is a little bit worse because they don't have that experience. I, I don't want to put it all down to that obviously but I think there are a number of different reasons as to why we have an exaggerated response okay cool so basically you've just confirmed it's made up cool <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> no, no 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 it's definitely not I think it's a psychological thing as well because you know we, when we're when you had the flu we, recently, Gab, I did. Didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. How was it? Oh, my God. Was oh, man. I was a broken <laughs> human being. Oh, Day three or four, you get the worst um, surge of uh, something called cytokines, your inflammatory mediators that circulate around your blood and stuff. Uh, and that can cause this inflammatory response that makes you just very aggravated about everything. You just feel like super low. You're every, the world's against you. Like loads of things. I mean, everyone has that. But mm. it, for certain people, it might be worse than others. That's... Isn't That's that classified just as just being over it. <laughs> just, I, I'm over it. I'm over it. I always see, I, I, you know, I always ask them how. Um, obviously, uh, when I see patients, particularly in A and E as well, I always ask them like, uh, how many days has it been going on for? And I always see this peak around three or four. That's what prompted them to go to A and E because they think the world is coming to an end. And obviously, you know, we want to vet to make sure that nothing bad is happening. But um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of people around that day three or four mark um, that just have like <laughs> day, you know, day just one and two. Over it. Yeah, day one and two. 
they're sort of sympathetic. Like, day yeah, three, yeah, they're yeah. over it. Day yeah. four, they're like, oh, well, this is oh, with well. me. <laughs> 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 I'm, yeah. like, I'm just going to be ill forever. <laughs> and generally, how long does this man flu last for? Days. I mean, days. days. Weeks guys. in some cases. Weeks. Ooh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Damn. And in regards to your malpatients, what... Are the typical things that they usually come to see you about? Oh, we see a whole bunch of things: erectile dysfunction. Um, I mean, one of the things actually is That's that we don't see thing. enough. Um, <laughs> That's only one thing you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you a penis doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't just specialise in penis. Okay, good. But um, I, one thing I would say is that men don't come to see the doctor enough. Um, and that's oh, one of the oh, biggest yeah. issues uh, that men will put off things. So like bleeding mm. from the rectum, oh for example, yeah. or mm. abdominal pain, or um, maybe it is that uh, the sore throat that just hasn't gone away or hoarseness of the voice. We're very, um, we're, we're very reserved about going to see the doctor. And actually, we, we quite often present late or after we've been nudged by mm. our mother or our partner, etc. So, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest issues within the male community. Do you think that it's because men are... And I'm asking you guys, <laughs> is it because you're too embarrassed if you have something that's a little bit sensitive, you don't want to show or admit or talk about? I think or... you kind of feel like it might you just wait. go away and mm. so then you just don't deal with it. You, mm. you kind Until of feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, better, I'm better than this. I'm not I'm not keeling over. I can, mm. I can get through this. It's probably just nothing, mm. which is probably not the best way to look at it, but it's probably what most people do. I'm guilty of the same thing. I've had a, a, a small lump on my neck and it's literally been there for about a year and um, I was just being nudged by so many people. It's like, yeah, you should go and check it out. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. I'll, like when I'm in a uh, clinic, one day I'll just get one of my friends to ultrasound it and I just put it off for years. And you mm. know, a, a lump that's been there for six to eight weeks needs to be investigated with bloods and ultrasound. If someone came into my office and they said that I've had this lump, that's what I would do. But with myself, I'm just like, ah, I'll be all right. I'll go away. I'm not thinking about it. And it's fine. I had an ultrasound. I did myself and it's a cyst. <laughs> just a cyst. It's it. fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Is it because do you think that guys are just sort of a bit too proud for, for that? Do you think? Maybe. Maybe, maybe there's that sort of psychological element, like, you know, a sense of weakness again. Mm. Um, maybe that comes down to our sort of like evolutionary nature of like, I'm the hunter gatherer. I'm the strongest person in the tribe sort of thing. And I don't want to show any signs of weakness. <laughs> Your opinion between confidence and people's diet and uh, eating choices. Okay. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. And if you eat well, you feel good, you look good, et cetera, et cetera. But everybody's human and has cravings. Mm. Mm. What is your view on sort of being 
naughty every now and again with having a pizza on a Friday night Hell and yeah. um, doing that sort of stuff <laughs> and, and how it uh, how it sort of affects your your, your well being your confidence your mood everything yeah. like that I mean yeah. just kind of just just want the listeners to know that we have cake on the table yeah 100% yeah. Yeah. sorry did have cake blueberry <laughs> 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 bread actually it's so good oh, it is very oh nice God, did you yeah. eat it all yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've got some left in my here. gluten free yeah can you pass it here please yeah, yeah, yeah. no worries <laughs> you know you are what you eat and when you eat well you do feel well and it can have a multitude of effects beyond weight beyond your ability to achieve a six pack it's about your brain health inflammation immune health mood etc um and i think particularly in the male community and this is just my assumption here you know we are bombarded with uh figures and images of what men should look like Mm. Uh, bulky men uh, you know body dysmorphia is just as prevalent in the male community as it is the female community Mm. i use instagram it's a it's a, a a platform that's dominated by women sharing body positivity which i think is fantastic uh, and the body neutral uh, movement as well again great but i think for men you know we don't have the same sort of uh voice because it's just seen okay well i want to get big i want to get like you know a six-pack and that's how i should be and you know we we are using diet as a means to get there rather than using diet as a as a means to feel well and look well and you know that that genuine sort of um uh, interaction with food that we, we've lost i remember when i started when i was at uni uh, i'd be a men's health reader and like that's all i was using it for i was eating protein i was having protein shakes i was uh you know trying to i was just doing endless bicep curls <laughs> not really yeah. thinking well, about, about the biometric when stuff you used to wear the superman outfit because yeah. you were so obsessed with having that the abs <laughs> i wore that on the last <laughs> day of school oh my god <laughs> i just happened to have a picture on my phone oh come on what of rupee dressed as superman um where is it all right here we oh go oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay for our listeners i'm going to describe this in uh, as much detail as possible <laughs> Oh my word. He looks like an absolute legend. <laughs> it was on our last day of school. We went to a very. I think I dyed my hair purple. What Lou no, isn't telling you day. is that she's standing next to him in a Spider Man outfit. Oh, oh, there oh you no. go. I was just wearing my there usual. I just hoisted my skirt up real short. And... <laughs> so funny. I mean, look, you didn't think I was going to find that, did you? That no, is brilliant. I mean, That's pretty that good. That was on our we last day of really school. really young. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Rupee was. Because our school was. How would you. Ex- Describe the school oh, we went school to. It was, was very, um, very oh multicultural. Put it that way. It was um, one of the finest schools in the country. I though. would definitely say so. Yeah, they no, looked we, down on us. So we, we were, we were definitely the worst group. They we, hated us. Yeah, they really. They hated called us. us. Shall we say it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we might as well. What are we going to do now? They called us. It was in the. By the time we got to the fifth form, we just kind of went a bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. It was more Ruby and his friends. What are you talking about? The headmaster and the teachers called us the fifth form ghetto. Oh, oh man. And in a very affluent area that we were in. Yeah. And being yeah. one of the best schools in the country, I it would say. Ranked. It, it, it was looked like, like Hogwarts. Yeah. It, d- it definitely Did looked it? like Hogwarts. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was wow. an amazing was looking school. I mean, but no, he Ruby actually I would mean, just dance around. Do you remember when you moonwalked? around the common room oh, that yeah. day. It's just getting super embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, my point is, Superman <laughs> outfit, he was obsessed with having abs, and now here he is, abs central, Talking about body dysmorphia. Talking about nutrition, body dysmorphia. Such a great We've role all, We all had to go through the journey. That's it. Like, you know, I'm a big believer in, like, you know, yeah, you look mate, back I didn't do and... any of that. I'm fine. Like... <laughs> When you do your shopping, 
don't keep junk food in your house. If you buy the junk food, you're gonna eat it. And I can't keep like um, cheap loaves of bread or like you know chocolate biscuits or any of that stuff in my house because I know if I have one, that will lead to the entire pack. I will finish that pack. Yeah. And the other thing is, you need to allow yourself to have. Uh, treats to enjoy the luxury of food, the beauty of eating as well. Like when I go to a restaurant, I'm not going to skimp out on the dessert because I fear like, you know, it's going to affect my my um, physical appearance. I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy every single mouthful of it because unfortunately, if you do restrict yourself for long enough, you're going to succumb to the cravings that are absolutely normal. We are evolutionarily designed to go for that sweet and salt stuff and that's what the food industry has tapped into and that's why people are essentially reliant on these or they find it very hard to get rid of their cravings so you know having small doses of this every now and then I think is a very very healthy thing to do Rupi what are your top tips on if you go supermarket shopping Mm. what do you look for on the packets of stuff that you either say yay or nay to so reduction in the number of ingredients i think is a good marker Mm -hmm. obviously it's not always the case sometimes it's going to have sugar and and added emulsifiers and stuff like that but a fewer number of ingredients is the better uh if you're buying uh, a product that has sugar in i would go for something that has less than 10 percent. you just will look at the 100 grams uh, label and then less than 10 grams of added sugar if it's like a granola or something like that uh, and i would try to stick to the um fresh grocery aisle when i look at my shopping basket and i, I like to play this game actually when i go to the supermarket <laughs> what is in your trolley i know what is in your trolley i'm looking at the person in front of me and the person behind me and i'm comparing my shopping trolley my shopping trolley is how i wish loads more people would eat tons of colors super cheap ingredients like butternut squash sweet potato you know leaves and that kind of stuff um and people in front of me and behind me are buying the processed convenience stuff yeah which yes it might be convenient but it will have a uh, you know you're investing in your health there yeah. it will have a detrimental effect in that and it will be ultimately more expensive as well yeah so yeah you want to uh, those are my sort of tips i would go for um the fresh produce aisle and look for a uh, little number of ingredients as possible it's interesting because I, I i'm a bit of a savvy shopper and uh, my girlfriend will back me up here when i say i absolutely love going food shopping yeah. i will spend hours in the shop if i can <laughs> yeah. especially those big tesco superman you lose yeah, me in those yeah um but it, 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 you're absolutely right I, he's I'm in the homeware section literally just going down aisles and aisles of, 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 of food it's amazing but I'm, I'm the same as you i like looking at labels and i like sussing out what what is good and what isn't because there's so much noise around yeah. you know labels and they they can package it how they mm. like mm. and a lot of the time it's actually hard to find you know something that's in uh, an ingredient in a in in a, in a bit of food that's loads of sugar or loads of saturated fats or loads of salt yeah. and they hide it so well in amongst it and make yeah. it packaged so well and they mm. say it's healthy and whatever yeah. but it, it's so hard to find and i also find eating out when you go eat out, it all goes out the window because you yeah. can't see what you're buying, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. How, how would you... So, yeah, eating out, I think, is a, it's a really important point because um, lots of times you, you don't know what's in it. And my advice is to ask. You know, if your waiter doesn't know what's in it, that's a bad sign to me because the waiters are usually prepped by the maitre d' and the chefs to know exactly what's gone into that food, where the meat produce in particular has come from. That's why I tend not to eat animal products outside. 
uh, if I don't know the uh, provenance, because provenance is very important to me. I think from an ethical as well as a health standpoint, it's very, very important for a lot more people to be a lot more proactive and asking them where they're getting their, their meat products from. Um, but also, like, uh, the sides menu is usually really good. And I might go for a starter and just bulk up on sides, whether that be sauteed potatoes, tender stem, broccoli, asparagus, whatever's in season as well. And just mm. sometimes asking off the menu because most restaurants will have, like, spinach on the side or, like, you know, some, some good sort of bulky meal. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I always go for uh, the sides and, and starters or, you know, I tend to eat at places where I know that the, the food is going to be better, if not on par with what I can make at home. <laughs> not to blow my own trumpet. But um, uh, in the supermarkets, yeah, I think um, another thing is uh, I, I was recently judging a health food award. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Wasn't that the women's health Yeah, thing it was the women's yeah. health food. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And so they had different categories and it would range from like nut butter, which I absolutely loved, and... Um, uh, like protein bars and healthy snacks and stuff. And honestly, it was a massive eye-opener. I don't personally buy a lot of these products, mm. but the way they're marketed is so convincing that it's healthy for you. And and doing this process, the judging process, we had a whole bunch of different criteria and then I had to bring my sort of like nutritional pragmatism to the, the, the competition. And just the number of ingredients, mm. the emulsifiers, the added sugar, the raw sugar that is sold as healthier, where it's just the same, it's all sugars. It, it has exactly the same metabolic effects on your body, whether it's raw cane sugar, whether it's from coconut. You know, they, they tell the story about how like, a, for example, agave has come from the agave plant and like, you know, that's oh why God, it's healthier and all that kind of stuff. Not. And you could say exactly the same thing about where sugar comes from. Sugar has come from these beautiful fields with these tall sugar canes and we press them using this old school method and we feed it to babies to soothe them during the... It's a second. It's sugar. It's I just sugar. I cheated. Dude, I literally drown my coffee and my granola and yogurt in agave. Yeah, no, Are you no. telling me I've been... No, don't do like, that. Like, <laughs> I mean, do it, if you like the flavour, great. Well, because like, everyone's telling me, oh, this but, is like the better one. And I even got no, the dark brown one as well. Dark brown sugar, like, white sugar, So what am I supposed sugar, to sweeten my coffee with? All the, just use an appropriate amount of sugar. Like, if you want to well, sweeten... actual your, proper sugar? You could, it's exactly oh the God, same. I have to rethink my life choices now. <laughs> it's have exactly the same. Because, because if you're going to use um, a sweetener oh to, to improve the taste of your coffee, which is perfectly reasonable, you know, add uh, a responsible amount of sugar maybe a teaspoon or something but if you want to use if you enjoy the flavour of agave use agave if you enjoy the flavour of white sugar well, enjoy white I'm sugar. not going to have it if it's bad for me am I? Well like I white mean... sugar I find way too sweet I, I like yeah, even so, if yeah, I same. like it it's just way too sweet for me so I prefer using things like um, not agave but like uh, coconut sugar I think it's got a really good depth of flavour or even molasses sometimes well, it's got a lovely licorice you know those um, those sweeteners that you get in like the pink oh yeah sachets right yeah. Yeah. so going just to talk about foods that you know they say oh the certain types of foods actually gives you cancer or mm. you know promotes cancer and this and that and they say that those sweeteners mm. do as well is that is that true and so, e-numbers and all of that stuff yeah like there what? Is, so there's a lot of scaremongering about this and i think there probably isn't enough evidence to for me to say that all sweeteners are bad for you but they they do have bad some of them have some bad effects so um some of the like uh, polyols and uh, aspartamine they might not uh, spike your blood sugar up but they might actually damage your gut bacteria and damaging your gut 
but as you'll find out, like, you know, reading the books and stuff and, and all the other stuff you'll find on the internet, it's very bad for your general health anyway. So you want to try and use what's tried and tested. Rather than going for something that's actually artificial, I'd go for like a normal sweet. I'd prefer to use sugar, for, in my opinion, oh, rather than using an artificial yeah. sweetener. We don't know enough about a lot of the products that are actually available in our supermarkets. And we are essentially the testing ground. Mm. And that's why, and, 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 you know, it does sound a bit scaremongery, but actually in the issue, in the... Um, from the perspective of being pragmatic, I would say just stick to what we know. We know sugar in excess is bad for us, so just have a moderate or a low amount. But don't go for something that we don't know that much about at all. Um, that That's sort of my sort of... That's the way I approach these things. I'm throwing my agave out when I get home. I'm really upset about this. I'm I sure go through have... bottles yeah. of it. Oh, God. <laughs> I, mean, so this is the thing. I have more reason. agave than I have noodles. And, and this I is... love noodles. <laughs> I'm Asian, haha, yeah, uh, Chinese. Is... I'm like, <laughs> I literally go through agave. Well, this is, this is the thing. Like, th- And this is what annoys me because people are tricked by the food industry to believe that this is healthier. Therefore, yeah. I can just mm. douse my noodles. I don't know what you're doing putting agave on noodles but no, you know <laughs> but you know you should you just use it like a sweet I, I think of all the sweeteners the raw sh- sweeteners and sugar as the same thing they're all the same amount so and that's why I purposely use um, uh, sugar in uh, one or two of my recipes here to illustrate mm. the point actually like mm-hmm. this dish does need sweetness to balance out the bitterness in the notes I think that's really great that you do that because yeah. you're just being honest with it and you're being real with it you can't get away Absolutely. from sugar can you it's in some things mm. um, but like Jack was saying about the uh, the nutritional aspects of, of each of, of food it's I think it's I think it is hidden in many ways because mm. they want to make things taste as good as possible to mm. sell as many of them as they can and get people addicted to them so it's it's a I get why they would do it but it's mm. probably quite unethical in a way what do you reckon Lou? do you reckon that's the, that the case or? yeah i think so i mean so i'm just still so upset i just can't <laughs> believe i feel so tricked i i i, I and this is what annoys me as well actually because yeah. i think it is it's just good marketing right clever it, marketing to mm. get you to buy something mm. um, it, it is verging on the the ethical argument i think yeah uh, it I is so. and i think ever more we do need to be more pragmatic because no one's going to look after your health more than you and your family but whoever's making these foods and snacks and whatever it is like they have to be more responsible and, and some of the sometimes it's out of just pure uh, ignorance actually you you'll find these like well-meaning people creating energy balls and and all the rest of it with mm. loads of sweeteners and, and dates and sugars in and stuff and and thinking you know this is healthy but but they don't have the nutritional background to actually understand actually it's having the same effect as the the normal sort of energy bars filled with sugar or sweeteners or, yeah. or, or in moderation stuff. most most people buy these things in the bulk load and will have 10 of them a day exactly. which is not what they're meant for you're meant to have one or two for example a nutrition ball or a nut ball or something yeah, yeah. it's great have one as a snack in between one of your meals but yeah. not all the time i think that's what people do is they think oh it's healthy so i can have a lot of it but the sugars and everything else that goes into them will, will catch up with you. Totally. I used to like be one of those guys who were just on the protein shakes uh, as a medical student and the um, Lucozade as well. Mm. Like I used to, if I was doing like a, a long run, Lucozade afterwards, smash it in. There's no reason for us to be having Lucozade after a, that. We are not pro athletes to, to warrant that amount of glucose. You definitely after weren't. <laughs> he didn't Always make it back to, to the Superman outfit. <laughs> oh no, he didn't really. You weren't in really any of the sports teams, really. No, I wasn't. No, very, I was, was more, not sporty at all. At no, school. but he was so sweet. He was always the sweet boy at but school. Hey, friends he's the with everyone. Kitchen now, absolutely it's amazing. True, I mean, say what you want. Absolutely, my guy here has smashed it. I just incredible want to say. book, incredible personality. 
Bentley. Thank you so much, Dr. Rupi, for coming oh, on. My pleasure. Got to wrap man. things up now. But I just wanted to say, you know, I've, I was really um, struck by some of the things you said there because, like, especially when you sort of have to acknowledge that every person's diet is different and not everybody's going to have the same nutritional needs and demands. I just think, like, you know, the way that you promote your message in your book as well is just so, so good. Yeah. Um, so more of it, please. More books, more <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. I feel like uh, we absorbed so much knowledge. We were just kind of, oh, yeah. we need to talk. Like, we're just listening to you so intently. Lou's going home to go shopping uh, for less agave <laughs> and more noodles. It's making me anxious. I need to find foods that make me less anxious as yeah, well. Yeah. I think we all do. I yeah. think we do. Yeah. I think Anxiety we do. is... Yeah, we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Rupi, I just wanted to ask you before we go, what do you have as your sort of naughty dessert after your dinner most nights if you haven't got chocolate and sweets in the house? Yeah, so um, I do have chocolate. Oh. <laughs> That's the one okay, thing I do have. Just there, no, 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 but like uh, I have this thing like after having a, a, a meal, like my, my evening meal, I do enjoy like a little treat. But my little treat actually is dark chocolate, and I love dark chocolate, like seventy-five percent above. A lot of people cringe at that. I know. Lou's I thought you were going to say something way more interesting. No, than that. no. I find I, it so bitter no, and unenjoyable. Oh no, I'd love it. I like love it, it lingers on my tongue, and like I'm Ugh. like the flavors. Because it's so hard I, to I get, eat. That's why. It lingers <laughs> on your no, I get I get the different amounts, like seventy-five, eighty-two. I buy like different beans, and like I'm really into that. And I think it might be because I appreciate bitter notes because I, I like coffee as well. Mm. Like coffee is one of my big vices. But I don't, I don't drink coffee after 12. Like we were talking about that before, weren't we? Yeah. Because actually I'm a slow metabolizer of coffee. You can actually get your geno- uh, genomes checked. Um, but I just just from a clinical history, like I know if I have coffee after 12, I, I won't be able to sleep because the half-life is about 8 to 10 hours. One one I've been trying is uh, that I saw online, I thought I'd try it, is actually having Greek yogurt okay. mixed with protein. Pro- Gross. <laughs> just protein powder really? and, and Greek yogurt together. Jeez. That, that sounds great. delicious. <laughs> Try it. Ew. Really? Don't knock it till you try it. Ladies and gentlemen, I... do not try that. I can tell you now it will be dry as fuck. You think that, but it's actually not. And it just gives it that flavour because Greek yogurt can be a bit bland on its own. Yeah. And if you add the protein, it's it's actually quite nice. I was just interested to hear what you... What you... I would grate, uh, I would use a little bit of Greek yogurt and I would grate some uh, dark chocolate on top of it and maybe um, add some hemp seeds if you wanted the protein as well. Hemp seeds, shelled hemp seeds are fantastic source of protein, about 29%. Um, and they have a full complement of amino acids. So that's nine uh, of the essential amino acids. I think that's a great way. And if you don't want to put some agave on it, you can put some agave or honey or something like that. Yeah. Well, you make a new uh, sweetener. Hemp okay. seeds, vitamin D and chuck away protein. Cool. Got my notes for this evening's podcast. So that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching. And if you've seen parts of this on social media as well, thanks for commenting. We want to hear from you, of course, on future episodes as well. It's a new thing I'm trying to do. Send us your voice notes or a DM to at Manzilla online, or you can send it to us direct. You can get me on Gavin R. Official. Uh, Lou is on Luling Chan. At Luling Chan, yeah. Yeah, there we go. There we go. And Jack, you can send Jack a, a letter or a... Or courier via pigeon. Absolutely. Jack, I have to always say it. Jack's not on social media. Um... So send him. I will have my moments. We will have an episode about social media where I will dominate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we will have that soon. My views. Yeah, definitely. In the meantime, send me a pigeon. It's fine. Uh, Dr. Rupi, um, tell us where we can find more about you on socials and sure, online. Yeah. Um, and any more books coming up. And, uh, this only came out two months ago, so give me a chance. <laughs> Should be you, the next one, mate. You can catch me on uh, doctors underscore kitchen on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, thedoctorskitchen.com. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much indeed, guys. Jack, Lou, thanks as ever, as always. Thank you. And Peace. this has been the Manzilla Podcast. Have a great day.
Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.